Well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Well spoken. Well said, Robin. Hello and welcome to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Bella and welcome back. On today's episode, we have Christine and Jason and they're going to be talking about parenting your children to love Jesus. They are parents of two biological children and they are fostering to adopt. I have seen them parenting their children and encouraging their children to serve others. So that's been really encouraging. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Bella. As the icebreaker, what is your favorite meal? So breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Definitely breakfast for me. I love all kinds of breakfast foods, and I enjoy making them as well. Nice. I enjoy dinner or snacks, like appetizers, little finger foods, Uh popcorn. (laughs) That can be a meal, right? Uh-huh. And then for you, what's your like favorite breakfast food to eat or make? Something that I've been doing in recent years is doing toad in a hole right, where you cut a circle out of the bread, put an egg inside. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times we'll do it on Easter morning, and so we'll call it holy bread, oh. where it's kind of like you put the the cutout a little bit to the side so it kind of looks like hey there's the the light coming out of the tomb Uh, the stone is rolled away and there you go that's fun that's really cool so the podcast is about you both training your children to love jesus so what is something that you did to prepare yourself for children before having them a lot of our preparation was really just observing others being in the homes of other parents that we that we respected that had children and just being there seeing how they parented their children seeing how they would take biblical principles and apply them to everyday life and and asking questions as well we talked a lot about what it would be like to have kids and early on we had even talked about adoption and if we were going to do that a lot of the practical types of things that we've learned over the years has been what jason said just watching other godly parents parent their children and being in their homes and seeing how they live life i mean even watching your parents parent you guys in different seasons that's been the most um helpful yeah what do you think was your goal like your ultimate goal while parenting or starting out parenting? Really, we want to raise young men and women to to go out and to be loving, productive members of society, right? And we're doing that that training in the home to to give them work that's fitting for their age. And right now they're nine, seven, and two. That. And we're teaching them how to how to work hard, how to persevere, how to learn different skills and have the grit to learn and practice something that's hard. And and showing them in the context of our home and as we go outside of the home to serve our neighbors, to serve our our friends at church, to serve our family, what it looks like to love other people, what it looks like to care for elders what it looks like to care for children and in all these different areas to provide different experiences to help them know 
what it means to sacrificially give of themselves to serve others. I think a big part of our parenting, we were able to take parenting classes through mm -hmm. the church, and something that was impressed upon us was we want them to know who God is, that they have an unshakable, undeniable understanding that even if they reject God, that they know God is there. And that, that is something that was pivotal for us, even as we're looking at how to raise them. There's a pamphlet that we were studying called Two Ways to Live, and are you the king over your life or is God sitting on the throne? And those are uh, the foundation points that we started off as. And a big part of that, I think, was also knowing that we want to, them to learn to read the word of God. That was huge for us. Not School is good and important, but the biggest part is so that they can learn to understand the word of God and allow the spirit to work in their hearts. Mm -hmm. And that has been amazing just to see how God has been faithful to work that in their lives, that not only are they now reading, learning to read, but they're reading to learn and learning mm -hmm. about who God is and the world that he's created. Yeah. And that's also like good foundational things like for anybody to learn to read the Bible and to study that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just to build off of what Christine said, the our kids being a Christian or being believer is not a goal in and of itself mm -hmm. because we know that only God can change their hearts. What we can do is to give them the knowledge, give them the, the tools to be able to interpret the world around them and to teach that Christian worldview mm -hmm. so that they are... And that, that's what faithfulness looks like as a parent, is that we're, our goal is not to make them a Christian, uh, but to invite them into relationship with us, and in the process, invite them into relationship with their Heavenly Father and Christ, His Son, uh, who is our Savior and who we, we pray will be their Savior as well. Yeah, that really does make uh, change the perspective of what mm -hmm. parenting is. And then how do you think your expectations of being parents compared to the reality when you became them? It was a shock. I think there were a lot of learnings at the beginning where, you know, you get this newborn, you're happy and nursing and just being discharged from the hospital was really rough for us. I, we spent almost, I don't know, two weeks of just not sleeping because our firstborn had a lot of trouble eating and so mm -hmm. we had to help him to learn how to eat which was not something that they tell you at the birthing classes like oh yeah. you need to teach your child how to eat that's uh -huh. not there uh, so it's been a humbling experience just even knowing that we knew it was going to be challenging but just dependence on the lord was so much greater in those early days and even now as they've gotten older the there's still challenges or joys, um, but there's a lot of different ways that we still need to depend on the Lord in prayer. I can't change their hearts. I can't change their attitudes. I can encourage them to walk in righteousness and wisdom and not foolishness, but ultimately they have to make that choice still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of selflessness that you, that I had to learn mm -hmm. coming into being a parent. Mm -hmm. that when I was a single or even when I was newly married and we didn't have kids yet, I could come home from work 
and then my time was my own, mm -hmm. right? I could sit and relax. I could take a nap. I could do, I had freedom to, to choose what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. right? And that was the, the leisure time. But as a parent, now I come home from work and then the work begins. Mm -hmm. So th that was the, the opportunity for me to, to change my thinking and to realize, hey, this is what God has called me to be faithful in. To, to be here in the home, to be raising uh, young men and young women to, to grow, to know how to learn, to know how to love others, and to, to go out and send them out as, uh, as men and women someday, Lord willing, mm -hmm. uh, into the world. And so being willing to give of myself, to take what some people would describe as the, the best years of our lives, and to dedicate that and pour that into raising these children to be men and women. Yeah. So I guess it could be related, but what did you learn about yourselves mm -hmm. while teaching your children? A lot of the times as I'm teaching my children, I hear the same messages that my own heart needs, mm -hmm. like patience. I'm you know, standing in line waiting for the grocery line to moved a lot faster but as I'm encouraging my children to be patient and waiting in line to not complain or grumble in my own heart I see the same sin rising up and temptations to grumble in my own heart like why isn't this going faster and so often I can see God's grace in that and revealing those areas of um, just continuous need for sanctification in my own heart as I'm teaching them how to speak kindly to their brothers. I find myself biting back words when I'm mm. short-tempered and I'm a little bit annoyed that you moved the laundry and you just unfolded all the laundry that I mm. just folded. Um, but to be gracious with my words and just seeing that God is compassionate towards us. He's not short-tempered. He is generous with his love. He doesn't exact or demand from us in mm -hmm. that same way. I have to be that example for them, for my children, because they don't know who God is. And I'm the best picture that they have of who God is right now. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that parenting and marriage as well is a good mirror into my own soul. Because I can see very clearly as I'm interacting with my family members, the sense of my own life. I'm seeing the, the pride as I think I'm a great parent and I've got this all together, but I'm, I'm having a, a difficulty connecting with my child or helping them to, to calm down in a difficult situation. Uh, or I'm seeing my selfishness, the, the same kind of coaching that I, I give my children that how they need to respond with joy, with a happy spirit when things don't go their way. But how do I, I respond a lot of times when things don't go my way in anger and lashing out at the people around us. So it's a, a good opportunity for me to look at my own heart as I am teaching my children. Yeah. And are there any practical routines or things that you do to make parenting better or to make things more helpful for you? Definitely schedule and structure. Uh, from the very, very beginning, one of the, the first things that 
that we've tried to do as parents is to establish that that structure and whether it was a new baby coming into our home or a toddler coming into mm-hmm. our home it's integrating them into the the daily rhythms of our lives so there were so, some things that were important that we would s- schedule our days around but also being flexible with that structure as well knowing that sometimes there are commitments and we need to move nap time a little bit earlier or push nap time a little bit in order to accommodate. And as the kids have gotten older, keeping that theme of structure as well, that there's an expectation of, okay, we're going to wake up in the morning, we're going to sit and have our time time in Proverbs, and after that, here are the, the morning tasks that, that each child age-appropriately needs to do. And they have that expectation, or the expectation of what's coming up today what are we going to do today are we going to be at home and have have something that we're doing as a family in the afternoon are we going out to somebody else's house for dinner and being able to anticipate that for for our children and provide them with here's here's the normal structure for the day and that communication of how is it going to be different so do you think that as parents you could be spontaneous instead of having structure or is structure like the best way to go well i think you there you the even in the question that you asked the routine so there's a rhythm of life like you have breakfast you have lunch you have dinner you can change up the meals and how you place them but breakfast usually comes in the morning mm-hmm. lunch comes at noon time and dinner comes in the evening and in the same way we try to work our families towards rhythm but not to say we can't be spontaneous like last yesterday we decided to do dessert before dinner mm-hmm. it was shocking to our children like <laughs> we are going to go get donuts and we haven't had dinner yet but that's part of the joy of adventuring with your family or with your children especially building relationships that we can be flexible and spontaneous but they're still they know that that's not the norm that's Mm -hmm. not the regular routine where we always have dessert before dinner that there is something to expect i mean that's what god's called us to there's a standard that we're called to but there's also grace and there's Mm -hmm. freedom to exercise different personalities we have three very unique children Mm -hmm. and they don't learn the same way they don't think the same way and we have to know how to interact with them that would be the most loving to them. I have a child who really loves building, like very, very, you talk about structure, very structured. Things need to go in certain boxes. If things are not in certain ways, that really throws that child off. I have another one who is very free thinker, very creative, very crafty. You take out a bin of manipulatives, I guess, like craft popsicle sticks. It's all over the place, but he knows exactly where everything is. And there's freedom, I think, in knowing, okay, today in my day, I'm going to give them that time to freely create and be spontaneous. You, There's the structure of a school day. We do homeschool our children, and so there's a little bit more flexibility in that mm-hmm. I can set the schedule. But there's also the time where I know they both need downtime in the afternoons. Otherwise, if we're out for an evening, they're completely just overly wired and exhausted. And so knowing how to best love my children in that way is providing that structure that we talked about earlier, but there's a, a opportunity for being spontaneous too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that a, a friend shared with us too that she does with 
her children is sometimes she'll communicate there's going to be some question mark time later today mm. or tomorrow and that just means we don't know what's mm. going to happen yet and that's good for them too yeah to because we all have some degree of uncertainty in our lives even thinking of the the proverb man may plan his ways but the mm -hmm. lord directs his steps there there's always going to be things that we we don't know that we don't expect and uh, we can't always protect our children from that mm -hmm. either so we're trying to equip them in inappropriate situations to know mommy and daddy don't know yet what we're going to do and you need to be okay with that mm -hmm. and you need not to hold those questions and wait until those questions are answered uh, as things happen or when we know we'll communicate that to yeah. you mm -hmm. i think a bigger like principle uh to th work through that we uh we hold to we're trying to hold to mm -hmm. is relationship and connection over a set schedule so we don't want to be militant and boot camp type of okay at 12 o'clock exactly not 1201 we need to be sitting down all at the table for lunch that's not relational like if someone needs help finishing up their schoolwork i will help but there's that okay at the end of the school day we have lunch and there's that level of flexibility so that we can have those relationship points with them and also for them to have eyes to see you know, I might have this task I really wanted to do. I scheduled it. This is my time to do this task. But I have a friend who's hurting and I would rather be there for that friend and be in listening ear. Or I have a friend who wants to come and play and let's build that relationship. I have a neighbor who wants to come. They don't know about Jesus. Let's go hang out with them. Mm -hmm. And there's flexibility in those ways. But an overall structure is helpful even for us as parents to know how to best help our children because they could be melting down and we have no idea why. But if we know, oh, they missed their nap, that is a good indicator. Like mm. they really need their naps. If mm -hmm. we don't have a nap, we're going to have a hard time at the rest of the evening. Or maybe there's something else that's underlined that, oh, they have a nap and they're having a hard time. Then we can address the heart issue there. Yeah. You kind of talked a little bit about it earlier when you were talking about you having one child who likes structure and then one who likes more creativity. So how do you handle some of your children's behavioral challenges depending on their personality and what they prefer over something else? A lot of it comes down to studying our children. We, we have this concept when we're in school, right? That we're, we're learning, we're studying a topic so that we're an expert in that topic. And in school, the the end is a test and then you can kind of forget it all mm -hmm. right but in parenting we apply that that same kind of drive towards learning something being an expert to our children that we're we're seeing their behaviors we're seeing their likes their dislikes as they're getting older we're talking to them we're asking questions and we're we're trying to put this puzzle together of who are they as a person what are the the things that they really enjoy and are encouraged by what are some of the, the ways that we can talk to them and to push them forward? And what are, what are some things that will, will really set them off or discourage them and tear them down? So as we're, as we're thinking about, thinking about uh, Ephesians 4, 4.28, what are those things, those words that we're using to build them up? So one of our, our children really 
really thrives when we're encouraging, when we're using using words and phrases that will point out, hey, here are the things that you've done well, right? Or here's the, the progress, even a little bit mm-hmm. that you made. You've you finished one math problem. Yes, good job. Keep going on the next 30, mm-hmm. right? And and we're trying to encourage in just those those little little steps, right? The other needs a little bit more of that. Hey, you have a timer here. There are five minutes. Start the timer, right? Mm-hmm. And those 30 questions will get done lickety split. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's knowing in those situations what will what will help my child to finish the task to do it well, and using the information that I know, the study that I've done in order to help them to grow. Mm-hmm. And along the same lines that Jason had said earlier, we're looking to not exasperate our children. And by studying them, we know what are those points that of exasperation. If we have a child who thrives, not just on encouragement, we all need encouragement and mm-hmm. affirmation, right? But there's even a wrong look can cause breakdowns where they shut down and they're not receptive to anything that we say that's not faithful parenting when we're lecturing them and they're not listening to us Mm -hmm. the point is to get them to hear us so that they can see it's not us saying this to you it's the word of god that we're applying to your life this is how we walk in wisdom this is how we are diligent and not lazy like the sluggard this is how we can love your brother or love your sister in giving of yourself, um, not withholding and being bitter or angry. There are things that come that are hard that we still need to say. And it's not like we're not saying anything and setting boundaries, but it's more of how we say and how we are speaking the truth, but in love. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to so for us, for me specifically, just, okay, here are the things that you did wrong. These These are the criticisms, but what would it, be better it would be better to say it in a way that they receive it that they hear it in love you know the same truth but applied in a way it could be my tone it can be how I'm standing you know I can be sitting down next to them I can be having them in my lap or I can be talking down to them they all receive it differently you know I can be saying the same exact message but how they hear it is different and so knowing what would be the best position and we're not always able to okay this is like the ideal situation setup of okay quiet room no one else is around we're going to have a very corrective conversation here but there are ways that we can pull them aside we're not going to discipline them or correct them in front of their peers or others and sometimes it's walking alongside them and just encouraging them in that way hey you know i noticed you did you spoke to your brother harshly this morning what was going on have there been any resources that you found helpful any books or anything mm-hmm. yeah some of our favorite books on, on this topic are shepherding a child's heart and instructing a child's heart is a newer one by ted tripp and those are have been really really helpful as we've just been working through not just how to how to help our children behave in a certain way right that would be the easy thing but really getting to the heart and that's what even what christine was talking about in seeing that love demonstrated to others is that that's that's what we're after right not that you would obey in the moment though that's important but that your understanding 
why why do we give of ourselves why do we love and serve and that's first and foremost because god loved us and sent his son and secondly because that's what he has commanded us to do to to love one another to serve one another to look to one another's interests in addition to our own um, and so th those books have been helpful in in being able to dissect a little bit more uh, what's what's behind the action what are the the motives and as we're working through some of the challenges that sometimes come up some of the some of the disobedience then we can talk about what is the the heart attitude behind the external sin and help them work through that anger help them understand where they've been selfish and to uh, to continue to help them change day by day Another one that, that came to mind for me was Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands, which is by Paul Tripp. And that, that one is a book about discipleship, right? And uh, with a, a focus also on the, the Word of God and how we can use that to uh, help recognize not only my own sin and my need to change, but also to help others to change. And the home is the, the primary place for discipleship. The children that God has entrusted me with, those are my first ministry and responsibility to take care of, to, to train, and to, to help to change. So those same principles of discipleship can apply uh, even more importantly mm -hmm. in the home as a parent. Mm -hmm. I think another big one we had mentioned earlier was the parenting class that was offered at church. And all those recordings are still available online mm -hmm. that I go back periodically to review because I've forgotten. So I'll be like linking those things so that you guys can find them as well. Uh, and then what are some pieces of advice that you wish that you knew when you were younger or that you would even tell your younger self? I think for me, it it would have been a lot along the lines of spending spending more time in God's word to to understand more of who he is and what it means to love as Christ loved. Right. And so I've been thrown into that and forced to learn that as a as a parent. Right. And to continually learn how to put that on. But I think as a as a young man, spending more more time in the word and devoting myself to that to prepare for what God had ahead for me. Mm -hmm. I think for me, there is you hear the days are long but the years are short and I look around and my oldest is nine almost ten and you know people did encourage me to enjoy the little years and not be discouraged I do wish I enjoyed them a little bit more mm -hmm. I think looking back there are times where I was just longing for the day to be done um, and I would I would like to go back and cherish them a little bit more I think that would be really sweet and I know that this podcast is a parenting podcast, but there are people who are listening who are not parents. They're not close to being parents. So some of it might not be as relatable, but I found a lot of it to be really encouraging and practical. 
but is there any encouragement you could give to the people who aren't parenting right now, who aren't in that season, maybe aren't really even close to being in that season? I think the first thing that comes to mind is to to be faithful where God has you right now. And it is, uh, especially for those who want to be parents and aren't parents right now, it is hard. Uh, it is difficult to to know sometimes where where is God in the midst of that desire um, but to to remember that that God is faithful that God is good um, that he is a God of comfort thinking of second uh, Corinthians 1 that, that we've come back to uh, in a lot of different seasons of our life um, that uh, that he is the the God of comfort that can come alongside you in the, the midst of whatever season that, that you're in um, and to remind you um, that this is where he has you for now, that this is part of his good plan um, and and that even though we may not choose where we are right now, we may not, we would not have written the story this way, mm-hmm. um, that God is still sovereign, that God is still on his throne and he loves us. I think for those that are not parents yet or are desiring to be parents and not there yet or even just young adults, the biggest thing I can say is find a child that you can mentor or even mm-hmm. just be an encouragement to. I have found great joy watching other young men and women come alongside my children and encourage them in hearing the same thing coming from their mouths like, yeah, Jesus is definitely worth following. He is worthy coming from mommy and daddy is sometimes repetitive to them but hearing someone that they admire and look up to also following hard after mm-hmm. Jesus loving and serving the church uh, s- looking to share the gospel with others that's encouraging to me as a parent and I know my children have received that really well even their Awana leaders encouraging them to memorize their verses those that they serve alongside at church at different events they see that it's worth doing and it's not just something that mommy and daddy do mm-hmm. and do you have any advice or encouragement to people who are parents right now don't grow weary you are in the trenches right now it seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel but stay faithful to god's word i think there is great joy even if you don't see the fruit right now to not grow weary because god's word is true and he promises that there will be reaping at the end of the sowing season Mm -hmm. that we're in especially in the toddler little years i mean honestly i don't think we saw fruit until maybe they were four and five like true like wow we're we're finally out of the trenches Mm -hmm. you know in the little years there's a little bit of progress a little bit of progress which is amazing and celebrate those. I think that's the big, you know, for we had mentioned earlier, one of our sons needs that cheering squad to cheer him on after you finish one math problem, after a whole page that you have to do. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that's what parenting feels like, especially in the early days where, oh my gosh, they slept through the night, just one night. But you can Mm -hmm. cheer for that. That's amazing. You know, Mm -hmm. you're teaching your child that sleep is a good thing. Your night and days should not be flipped. Mm -hmm. I heard that the little years are more physical, physically demanding, exhausting on your body. 
the older years are more emotionally demanding and relationally demanding. And I would agree. I think we're, we've just entered into that where there's a lot more making ourselves available when the conversations and questions come in inconvenient times. But just making ourselves available has been rewarding because there's that openness that they, at least right now, they still want to come to us. They still want to ask questions. And I just have to put aside whatever I wanted to do to address those questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when there are when there are setbacks, when there's discouragements or regression, even in seasons of unbelief, to to remember that that God is a God who can do infinite things. He can do impossible things, and just as He changed our hearts from hearts of stone that rejected him and called us into his family so he can work in our children's lives as well and we can be faithful to do that training day by day we can be faithful to pray and when there's not change to remember that it's an opportunity not to try and force it and do it in our own effort but to remember that ultimately we are depending on him, that we can trust him, and that in the in the long run, that we know that our work is not in vain because we're doing it not for anybody here, but we're doing it unto the Lord because he has called us to it and because he is worthy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know it was really encouraging for me, and it was a great conversation. So I really hope that the listeners enjoyed as well. 